welcome to New Teacher Talk. Are you a new teacher? We're here to support you. We talk about the most common challenges that educators experience and join our community of support through our socials on Instagram at New Teacher Talk, all one word, and on X at New Teacher Talk One. We're the minds behind New Teacher Talk. I'm Dr. Anna, an early childhood generalist who mentors educators on their journey to national board certification. And I'm Dr. Beth. I'm a former high school band director and currently a podcast editor for this and other channels. And I'm also a teacher leader with a strong passion for supporting new teachers. If you're listening to this podcast, either you are or will be a new teacher in the near future. Or maybe you're a new teacher mentor or induction coordinator looking for resources or ideas to use with those just starting their careers. We value you, our listeners, and appreciate your taking the time to listen to this podcast episode. It's February, and we know that the school year can begin to feel really long. The holidays are behind us, so we're back into our weekly routines. Sometimes that can feel daunting. For first-year teachers, those final observations will soon be scheduled. And testing is just around the corner for your students. Spring break is still weeks and weeks away. So today, we want to focus on the need for self-care and stress relief. We know all too well what it feels like and looks like. That said, we plan to share some strategies we know have helped us and other early career teachers. Beth, you always have the sense that you're so calm and ready for anything. How do you do that? I'm a big fan of breathing exercises. Myself, like everyone else, we carry stress. It's how we deal with that stress that is just so critically important, how we control that stress, if you will. So I encourage people to listen to your body and be mindful of how that anxiety is impacting your everyday life. I use something called box breathing. It really helps to relieve my feelings of anxiety and stress. Some of you may be familiar with it. For those of you that don't, it's a pretty simple and easy to learn. So here are the steps. Exhale your breath for a count of four. Then you hold your lungs empty for four counts. You inhale to a count of four. Hold that air in your lungs for a count of four. And then exhale and begin the pattern again. We'll just go through it together and I'll just count. So here we go. Exhale, two, three, four. Hold your lungs empty, two, three, Four. Inhale, two, three, four. Hold the air in your lungs, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four. You can do those breathing exercises back to back. Feel free to close your eyes when you do them. Controlling your breath really helps to center you. In the podcast descriptor, I'm going to include a URL about box breathing, but also other common stress-relieving breathing exercises. There's quite a few that are out there that may appeal to you more than box breathing. So I hope you'll give it a try. 
That sounds great, Beth. One of the things that really came to my mind as you spoke about that is so often we feel like nothing is in our locus of control. When we're controlling our breathing, it gives us a sense that we've got something in hand that we can control, even if everything else is out of our hands. My second strategy for stress relief is keeping your hands busy. And there's nothing better to me than to be creative. So being creative with my hands is fun. I suggest that you take up knitting. You could take up crochet or other kinds of handwork too, but I wanted to talk about knitting because I learned how to knit as a way to earn a Girl Scout badge many, many years ago. And knitting keeps your hands busy and your brain engaged, but not in a stressful way. When you knit, you concentrate on the pattern, how many stitches you need, and it keeps your mind in a calm place, not thinking about those things like your lesson plans or that you have a really long day the next day. It lets your mind go and keeps it in a calm place. Some people like to give knitted gifts to their loved ones. Others knit for a purpose. Maybe they make baby hats for the NICU or grocery bag mats for the homeless shelter. One of my young teacher friends spends the year knitting hats, scarves, and arm warmers and sells them at an artisan's fair for the holidays. Last year, they made nearly $3,000. My favorite place to go for all things knitting, and especially if you really want to learn how to knit, is verypink.com. And we'll put that link in the podcast description for you. They have basic videos that are easy to follow. I even go there if I'm stumped with a project because they share all the steps of a knitted project. It can also be a great way to gather a social group. I do know a teacher ed group at another university where they have been gathering and some of them knit, some of them crochet. Some of them are like doodling and just spending the time doing artsy things. Some of them have like those coloring pads. They just find that very relaxing. I'm glad you mentioned it, Anna. For myself, I'm a list maker. I don't know if anybody else listening to this podcast episode makes lists. You know, that joy of marking it off as the day goes on or at the end of the day, you can monitor how much you've gotten accomplished. There is a practical notepad on Amazon. And it's a six by nine inch size pad. It's got 60 sheets. And what I like about it is it's already created for you and it's divided by days of the week and it has self-care goals. They filled in some if you wish to use those. They have the week's affirmations that you can fill in and it allows you to give yourself self-care stars for the week was a great week, an average week, a not so great week, and to get you to reflect, we will put in the podcast descriptor a link to the self-care tracker pad if you're interested. I know it's received an Amazon Choice designation, so this might be something you're interested in, and if not, it's okay. And you know, you are the list maker, Beth. And I am the person who always gives myself indulgences to treat myself sometimes even before. I have to do a task. <laughs> so my strategy is to be a mindful tea drinker. And yes, coffee is a way to energize. 
but sometimes you want a beverage that will help you relax and calm down. And for me, tea is my way to go. And while I don't spend four hours on a tea break, I always try to keep in mind the four basic principles of the Japanese tea ceremony. Harmony, respect, purity, and tranquility as I prepare my beverage. A lot of people just want to take their water and microwave it. But no, I believe that you have to use that little tea kettle to have all those sensory experiences where you hear the whistle of the steam when it's ready. And so then you've heard the whistle, so it's time to pour the water. And so as you pour the water over the tea bag into your cup, notice how the color of the water transforms over the tea bag and how that subtle scent of the tea just starts to tickle your nose. The nice thing about tea, you get to watch it for a bit. While it steeps, just watch it and see as the color changes to be just the right color for you. And then if you take milk, take that milk and pour it really slowly so you see that little cloud just kind of explode on the top of the tea. And notice how the cup warms your hand. And bring the cup to your lips and sip the tea and savor it. And you'll usually have that little bit of an astringent feel over your tongue. So take time to consciously enjoy each step of the process. Unlike when we drink coffee and we just mainline it. I know you're our well, coffee drinker, Beth. Yeah, I'm on my third cup right now. I love tea. I have some favorites. I've just recently discovered spiced chai tea. My second favorite is oolong and then green. As for me, I guess a final strategy that I oftentimes use, I love YouTube and I love Spotify. I like the fact that you can listen in your classroom. You can listen in the car. You can listen at home while making dinner or while enjoying tea. I love that idea again, Anna. You can listen to music while you're on a walk around your neighborhood. I really love the fact that you can find music on YouTube and Spotify that are specific to Zen music or calming music. And I think that music can help us send our emotions in the right direction because some days I just need to feel like I am on top of the world. And so I try to find some music on my Apple playlist that is going to really encourage me, build me up, make me feel invincible. I might put on mm -hmm. some Sia or I might have Taylor Swift as my playlist to make me feel like I do have some control out there in the world. That's pretty cool. You can access the resources that we mentioned today through the embedded links that we plan to add into the podcast descriptions. We're hoping that at least one or two of those will connect with you. Don't forget, every Tuesday, we share a helpful resource that you can download through Instagram. Also, check out our Thursday Thought. Keep you motivated via our Instagram and our X social community. And we appreciate your listening to today's podcast, and we hope you'll become a regular follower of the channel. Hit the follow button in the right-hand corner, and when you do that, you'll receive notification when an episode drops. And as always, remember, as a new teacher, we're here to help you 